Hi guys, it's me, Hishla Carlson. You're about to listen to this podcast, aren't you? I just know you are. Now, I've just announced a brand new tour and you can get tickets for that tour right now. Like you can get the tickets right now at lifenation.com.au or go through ishlacarlson.com. Go get the tickets right now. A listener production. Hey, it's producer Nat here and welcome to the best of episodes for 2023, where we recap all the best bits from season four of That's Enough Already. Alrighty, the ultimate debate. Is it a humble brag or an ultimate flex? In this episode, we're recapping all the time Ursula's guests name-dropped their famous friends into conversation. I mean, why wouldn't you? Shh, that's quite enough. Oh, just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. It shush, please. Uh-huh. Yes, I can hear. Down, but please. I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Did I mention I work with Ursula Carlson? Damn, that does feel good. Almost as good as Whipper's story about the late Barry Humphrey. A true gem of a story and well worth the name drop. Take a listen. Barry Humphrey's just gone. Oh, you've yeah, got a, you've yes, got a Barry Humphrey story. I want to share this one with you because to celebrate the great man, um, this has to be one of my favourite stories because it was just, it delivers the craft that he he was and that he knew and, how, uh, and knew how to do. And the effort of comedy for comedy's sake is such an important thing to do that I don't think a lot of people do as much anymore. But this story was that he was in Melbourne and like in a, a suburb outside of Melbourne in Eltham, call it Eltham if you want. And this is back in the 60s, so he was quite theatrical and he had sort of long hair and a, and a beret and he'd wear glasses and a long coat and all of this sort of stuff. And he went out to Eltham in a pretty rough area where he was and he was visiting a mate, Jim. And he said to Jim, why don't we go over to the pub and have a beer? And Jim said, oh, no, that's a workers' pub. We're not going in there. It's full of blokes who work on the railway. And have a look at yourself, Barry. You've got the glasses and the hat and the coat and the long hair. It's just not going to fly in this pub. And Barry said, don't be ridiculous. Of course we're going for a beer. So they walk in there and Jim's really uncomfortable at the eyes that are darting across the room at Barry. And they sit down and Jim goes, oh, Barry, here's the deal. We're having one beer. One beer and that's it because we're going to get ourselves into trouble. And so they order a beer and they sit there, start to drink the beer, <clears throat> getting towards the end of it, and Jim goes, all right, let's go. Good on you, mate. Fantastic. And Barry Humphreys turns to the barman and says, two more beers, please. Um, and Jim goes, what are you doing, mate? This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> they start to have their third beer and a guy comes over, taps Jim on the shoulder. He's covered in grease. He's got the high-vis outfit on. Taps um, Barry Humphreys on the shoulder and Barry turns around. He says, are you some kind of fucking freak? And Barry Humphreys, with his glasses on, turns around, puts his hands all over this guy's face and pretends to be blind. (laughs) Jim, help me out here, Jim. Why is this man yelling? Jim, is something happened? There's some people in trouble. Is there any way we can help? These guys have melted down. The bloke who's in front of three other blokes waiting to beat Barry Humphreys up has just gone to water. So the rest of them have walked off and, you know, disowned their mate. Why this guy felt so bad, he spent the next hour buying Barry Humphreys beers <laughs> at the bar before he then got up, walked off, got to the door, took his glasses off, Revealed that he wasn't blind, told them all to get fucked and walked, <laughs> walked out of the pub. Oh just an extraordinary effort. 
of an on-the-spot moment to go. Yeah. Just play the play the blind act. They can't pull me up on that. I can get I can get away with anything with this. But I remember yeah. hearing that story a while ago, and the other day we were talking about it with his passing. But what a great moment and a great mind, you know. Yeah. A, a brilliant effort. This one's juicy. The hilarious Siraj Kolakar debriefs about his time working with the one and only. Melissa McCarthy, on the set of the Netflix movie God's Favourite Idiot and how he made one big mistake before finding out he'd landed the role. I worked with you on a TV show yep. a few months ago, Patriot Brains, and then when you showed up, because now you've got a beard. So the way the way I got it and the way I kept it, I'll tell you the story yeah. of that, right? Because um, I auditioned for this um, show on uh, Netflix, um, God's Favourite Idiot. and With Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, that's right. And I auditioned for it and then for months I didn't hear anything. And when I auditioned for it, I had a bit of a beard just from like, you know, I thought let's grow a little bit of beard out. But then I'd shaved, okay? And then months later, after I've shaved, I get a call. Uh, my agent going, hey, by the way, remember that thing you auditioned for? Yeah, you got it. And at first, I'm over the moon. Second, I'm like, how soon do they need me? Because I'm not the same guy. As you said, I rock up yeah. on set, clean shaven. They're like, who's this child that's wandered in here? Yeah. Where's their yeah. carer? You know? So I was like, okay, how long do I have to regrow the beard? He's like, oh, there's like three months. I was like, perfect. Because this Thank takes God. like a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the uh, show where... When I got on set, because part of it was doing stunt work. So I did a week of stunt training for this fight sequence that I have with Melissa. And I lose the fight, which is, you know, bullshit. Plot armor. Yeah. Yeah. Can't believe it. Uh, But they had one section of the fight, uh, which a stuntman was doing, which is this massive flip thing, right? And, you know... the. Trained stunties, they're the best. They spend like decades training this. But seeing this super in-shape guy put on a fat suit to play (laughs) me was so demoralizing. I'm just sitting there and he's struggling to get into the fat suit. And then he's putting on a fake beard. They put like, they took 30 photos of my beard from each angle. And these Netflix makeup people spend a lot of time and it looked exactly like my beard. And they put it on his face and he gets in this fat suit. And then watching him try to eat, like in the fat suit, in the beard. I'm like, welcome to my world, mate. Yeah, (laughs) that's just called Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Fuck. So was there people that when he was putting on the fat suit, yeah. you know, sort of looking at you go, get another, no, another sandbag for the back. <laughs> I feel like that would be my life. Like as they, they go, well, we've taken some photos three months ago when you auditioned, but then they don't account for I could have a relationship breakup. Mm. I could just go through a sad week and eat my, you know, own weight in something. Oh, yeah. Ben and Jerry's brings Bring- out a new flavour. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Like, you know, you walk past KFC and they've just made a fresh batch of, you know, um, gravy and now I'm drinking that, you know. Like, you don't know. Anything can happen. Yeah. Mm. And then they go, oh, we're going to need more sandbags for the back or, you know, more padding (laughs) around the... A love handle situation. <laughs> but that's a, that's a kind of shit that you go, can you do that in private? 100%. Why are you doing it in front of me? And, like, he's yeah. got this, like, six-pack of abs just shredded. Yeah. And yeah. then he's going to put on this fat suit and do unrealistic flips as yeah. me as a fat guy. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? Yeah. 
Yeah, at least do that in private and come out and pretend you're comfortable as anything. Yes, thank you. Yeah, oh, the you know? struggling, the, yeah. oh, just. Yeah, they always do that. Oh, you know, when they sort of pretend like they strap like a pillow and two watermel- half mel- watermelons to a guy and like he's now pretending to be pregnant. Yeah. And then it's always like, oh, he can't get off the couch. I'm like, come on, you lazy cunt. Yeah, you can like, do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're just you're 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 faking the shit out of it. Yes. This. I'm I've been doing it for 29 years and I am in much worse shape than you. You have a yeah. six pack under that fat suit. Move yeah. your ass. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to fucking do those those back you know when they do those jumps when they lie on their back and then flip up and they all of a sudden oh. just go in there. Those I mean there's no need yeah. for anyone to ever do that. That is just saying Look at me. Yeah, yeah. I'm much better than you. Anytime I see that, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are we? Yeah. Are we the same species? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless a red red ants have crawled up your asshole and Mm. is gnawing at your nuts, you don't need to ever do that. No. You can just get up normally, you know, take 15 minutes, rock about, find a ledge. Exactly. Just like (laughs) anyone does, you know, just regular style getting up. This next highlight is from Tony Martin as he spills the beans about Ed Cavalier's wedding. Some very juicy details, in fact. But the thing that will surprise you the most? What he found in the boot of Ed's car. Some say romantic, others not so much. I remember, you know, Ed Cavalier from having been paying attention. When he was getting yeah. married, I remember he was calling me up all the time going, is five grand too much or too little for flowers? And I'm going, I don't, we didn't have any. And then he's called yeah. up one point and said, uh, the bloke planning our wedding wants me to spend $850 on scented mist so that it smells like our wedding is taking place at a Chinese street market. Is that normal? And I'm going, I don't think it is. I'm not sure. No, 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 no. That is not right. <laughs> Do you want to be signing off on scented mist for your wedding day? No, no, especially not Chinese street market. Have you been to a Chinese street market? I'm thinking I'm not sure what that would smell like, but I went now, to his wedding and I don't remember any smells at all, so he's obviously <laughs> given that the guy boss. Well, maybe you've blocked that out. Yeah, he saved that $850. <laughs> Right. God, oh what was the food like at Ed's wedding? Because they're both such health nuts. I imagine you each just got a smoothie. It was very uh, healthy food, and I do remember the alcohol uh, ran out far too early because I don't think either of them drink. No, they don't. But, uh, yeah, there was possibly an aerobics demonstration in the middle of it. I mean, they're so yeah. – I remember opening up – I had to get something out of the uh, boot of Ed Cavalier's car, and how's this for romantic? I opened up the boot, and there were two drums of pro powder and one had Ed on it and one had Tiffany written on it. It was like, isn't oh, hers? That's... <laughs> Honestly, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, he's he's so fit. So is his wife. I'm like, holy shit. When you look at them, you go, I've got to make some changes in my life. But then you walk away from that and you go, no, I'm all right. It doesn't last, that feeling. Now, I want you to picture something. You picked up a cash job, you arrive on a boat, and you think you're just going to serve some canapes, pour some champagne, take your cash, and that'll be the end of the night. Until you realise whose boat you're on and whose wedding you're currently attending. This is a story you have to hear. From the one and only Reuben Kay. Have you ever done anything else (laughs) other than performing? Oh, yeah. I was um, was a bartender and I was a butler in London. Mm. Um, 
So I would go to people's houses for events and I'd be a full butler. Or I worked at a members club in Pall Mall for these called the Travelers Club. And the membership criteria was that you had to have visited 50 countries in a year. Uh, and I would stand there in the gray suit with the white gloves and the trays and the silver service and women aren't allowed in, in the in the building except in the morning room between these hours. And I'd have to silver serve these dinners. I remember once I had to silver serve steak and kidney pie with the two spoons like as pliers. And oh as I'm serving this boiling hot plate of things to like these on plates, sweat is running down and this drip of sweat just runs down my nose, hangs off my nose and drops straight into the steak and kidney pies. I'm serving it to like British aristocracy. Uh. And I was living in a bus in Stepney Way in Whitechapel that was in the courtyard of a pub that my mate was squatting in. And my electricity was and heating was just an extension cord that ran out the window of the bus up the balcony into the kitchen of the pub. And I just stole all the silverware and all the food. So I was working as a butler, earning nothing. Um, but my little bus that I lived in for six months was filled with silverware and I was eating pate and pigeon every night. <laughs> That's the gayest story I've ever heard. <laughs> it was it. so bizarre. I was a private bartender. I just got a note saying, from my agent, the bartending agent was like, hey, you have to go and do this gig. You have to sign an NDA. And I'm like, fine, uh, which I'm probably violating now. And I yeah. just rocked up to the boat and the boat was fully stocked with a bar and I didn't get told anything. I was like, NDA sign, get on board, do you think? Yeah. And as we're waiting for the guest arrivals, no one's telling me what the gig is. Um, and then the guests start coming on. I'm like, oh, okay, that's Colin Firth. Oh, that's Ruby Wax. Oh, that's Jemima Khan. Oh, that's, and then Annie Lennox in a wedding dress. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And they're just oh, coming fuck. up to the bar and ordering whatever drink they want. Like, hey, I want a Hennessy old fashioned. And I don't, I bullshitted my way into this gig. Like I bullshit into everything. So I have no idea. So I've got my phone out Googling these drinks. And then be like, yep, of course, I'll get that to you right away. And then Googling how to make them, making them and sending them out. Yeah. Fuck now. I think I've still got a scented candle from that wedding. That's amazing. <laughs> Stolen, no doubt. Not, not a gift. No, no, no. It was not. They were going to give a gift to staff. Alrighty, I might have saved the best until last. The name dropper of all name droppers. Comedian, actress and superstar Fortune Feimster shares details about what it was like working with the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you won't believe the household item he doesn't own. I really thought rich people had it all. Take a listen. So you do everything, like stand-up, um, you know, movies and mm -hmm. shows, you know, everything. What would be your favourite out of all of those things? Um, I mean, I'm definitely 50-50 as far as acting and stand-up. I have other cool things. I, I'm a part of a radio show out here. Um, I do a lot of writing, things like that, that I really love. But if I were to pick, it always is going to involve performance. I love being on stage and I love acting. So I'm glad I have these two avenues because as a, an actor, obviously I'm not right for every part. Yeah. I look very specific. I sound very specific. Um, and so, you know, if I had to rely on acting for my livelihood, the gigs would be few and far between. 
this latest project um, I'm in is a whole other aspect of acting. It's called FUBAR. Yeah. Um, and it was this wild action comedy series where I never thought in a million years I'd be an action performer, you know? He's so good in it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Every time, because I just let the TV run in the background like a 1950s yeah. housewife. And um, <laughs> every time I tell it, like... They run the ads for it. They run all the little funny oh, really? clips for it. And the whole time, mm-hmm. I feel like your voice has been in my head for the last two weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's great. It's like, and that, they back these shows, which is great, you know, like they really push yeah. it. But what's nice is, you know, I'm starring alongside one of the biggest movie stars in the world, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So... That's been nice because he's so beloved internationally yeah. that uh, Netflix has really, like you said, put a lot into it as far as promoting it, commercials. He's posting about it, and and it makes a difference. The show's been in the top ten. It was number one all over the world for eleven days, and now it's number two right now, which is still huge. I yeah. mean, considering it's worldwide, so. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to have that backing because, you know, we worked so hard on the show. We filmed for five months in Canada, um, out there in Toronto and, you know, 15-hour days shooting till six in the morning. Um, I don't think I've ever worked harder on a show. Uh, but the end result was this really fun, crazy, over-the-top, silly show with this wild action. It kind of reminded me of one of those... 90s movies yeah. you like so much yeah. in, the, in that kind of spy world. Yeah, it, it is a hell of a lot of fun. And that's enough already until next week. Thanks so much again for joining me as we recap all the best bits from the podcast for season four. And it only gets better from here. So I'll see you all next week for more hilarious highlights. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 